Hey, listeners. So there's a big new movie out this week about a very small hero, and it's already getting rave reviews. It's called Marcel the Shell with Shoes On. And the main character is a tiny seashell with one googly eye and a pair of miniature shoes. You might have seen Marcel the Shell in a series of charming stop motion videos that went viral on YouTube a while back. All right, so I'm making like a little documentary. Oh, it's like it's a like, movie, but nobody has any lines and nobody even knows what it is while they're making it. Mm. No. Mm. Tell me about what's life like. It's pretty much common knowledge that it takes at least 20 shells to have a community. My cousin fell asleep in a pocket. And that's why I don't like the saying everything comes out of the wash. Because sometimes it doesn't, or sometimes it does, and they're just like a completely different person. One reason Marcel is now popular enough to get his own movie is that he's voiced by the multi-talented comedian and actress Jenny Slate. And that gives us a great excuse to replay one of my all-time favorite episodes of How To. A couple years ago, a listener wrote in with a, let's just say, unique question. A question that only Jenny Slate could answer. I'm not going to say more than that, but get ready to learn a lot and laugh a lot. I'm going to pass the mic again to our previous host, Charles Duhigg, and I'll be back next week with a brand new episode. You know, a dog is not like a donkey, you know, like, I don't know, like, and I mean, we were just, my fiance and I were just talking about this last night because I heard the dog coming up the stairs and Ben, my fiance was like, she was just licking her butt. She was just <laughs> licking her butt. <laughs> like, don't kiss her. Don't kiss her. And I was like, but I had also heard her drinking water. And I was like, she just had a drink of water. It's fine. Welcome to How To. I'm Charles Duhigg. And for this week's episode, it is important that I make something clear up front. Uh, actually, kind of an admission. I am not a dog person. I mean, I understand that people love dogs and that they're cute. We actually, my family has a dog. Her name is Penny, and my children adore her. But me, I, I kind of feel like animals should live outside, right? Like, you wouldn't invite a horse to come into your house or tell a goat to come sleep in bed with you. But I completely realize that I am in the minority on this. My, my children basically think I'm a monster. And it turns out that this week's listener, she also totally disagrees with me. My name is Erin, and I am a dog owner of two um, Portuguese water dog poodles. So, porty doodles. One is very smart, and one is not very smart, <laughs> but very lovable. The not very smart, but lovable one? That would be Chief. Could we meet Chief? Mm-hmm. Chiefers. <laughs> oh, hang on. He's a little lethargic. Oh, okay, he looks okay. like a nice dog. Oh, he's so sweet. Chief is a kind of big dog with fluffy black fur. He, he looks a little bit like Bo, the dog that used to live in the Obama White House. But there's one thing that makes Chief special. He has a penchant for underwear. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even believe that I'm saying this out loud. And it's not just a pension. It's like, it's an obsession. It all started a couple years ago when Erin found Chief lying on the floor, clearly not feeling well. So she took him to the vet. We had an ultrasound done on him, $600. Um, and he's like, yeah, I think something's in there, Erin. And he comes out, out of surgery, and he hands me a plastic bag with my daughter's underwear in it. And so I take him home. I'm like, okay, we can figure this out. This will never happen again. Two and a half weeks later, I kid you not, 
He's laying on the floor again. Sure enough, it's another pair of underwear. And this time it's my other daughter's. And so in the, <laughs> this is $3,400 later. Oh my gosh. Yeah, $3,400. That's not the worst part of it. <laughs> my vet sends me a picture of him in Hawaii with his son in a helicopter ride <laughs> saying, thanks for the surgery. <laughs> <laughs> This is an expensive problem, not to mention that eventually it could end up killing Chief. Yet, no matter what Erin tries, she has not been able to get Chief to stop eating underwear or get her daughters to stop leaving them on the floor. This is a continuing issue. I got to tell you, he just did it last week. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So it's about once a month. On today's episode, how to get your dog to stop eating underwear. Or if that's not exactly your problem, how to train the people who live with dogs, like, say, your children, to build better habits. Our expert this week is comedian Jenny Slate, who, believe it or not, has learned a few things from an experience that is pretty similar to what Aaron's going through. You really want to hear what happens next. If you know the actor Jenny Slate, it's probably from her time on Saturday Night Live or her recent stand-up special, or you heard her work as a voice actor in animated movies. Oh, no. Oh, no. Jenny, you actually lent your voice to a dog in the movie yes. Secret Life of Pets. So, yes. like, you've kind of had this experience of taking on the mindset of a dog. Is that is that fair? <laughs> I think that's more than fair. My fiancé says that I, I am very much like a dog. <laughs> what have you done? It turns out Jenny also knows what it's like to have a dog with an unusual appetite. I do. I do. <laughs> My dog, Reggie, um, he was very naughty. And Reggie, at one point, ate five used tampons. Oh, God. Um, oh, God. Five. And a lot of stuff. That it's That's just like... <laughs> like it's, underwear are underwear. We all wear them or should or actually do whatever you want. But like they're not an embarrassing item. Like no. maybe you don't want people to see your underwear. I understand right. that. Or see you in your right. underwear. But like... It's basically like a sock. And so the embarrassment factor of the five tampons um, was really, really big. And it also happened a couple of times. I, I have a couple of questions. Sure. So, so is it is it five in one setting or is that like, like five, five over a period of time? So first of all, I used to flush my tampons down the toilet. I was making a film and one of the other actors who happened to be a man who has never used a tampon was like, well, you know, you shouldn't do that because you're going to ruin your plumbing. And so we could get into an entire side discussion on why a man should never tell you what to do with your tampons. So of course, I'm like, I better start throwing away my tampons, even though he doesn't know anything about my life or how I live or who my dog is and how gross my dog is. And so in the course of a normal menstrual period, I threw the tampons away wrapped in toilet paper. Like I didn't just like Uh Chuck them in there, but the trash can didn't have a lid or anything, and Reggie emptied the trash. <laughs> yeah. And how did how did you discover this? Like, did Reggie? It's the same story that Aaron is telling. He was like, uh, uh. and it was like Reggie's sitting kind of weird. He's like sitting strangely. You know, he already had so many issues that like we would go to the vet a lot anyway, just to be like, what's this? Like one time he ate a bag of um. 
like really s- strong coffee wow. <laughs> and was like, yeah, you like just went crazy. <laughs> and I was like, what is this? And then oh, that is awesome. Lots of stuff, you know, so he was sitting weird and it was like, Ugh. we all know that something is up here, you know, like, so we took him in and, um, and they were all in there. Oh. Okay, and so it's a surgery situation. You are the perfect person to be giving advice on this, oh, which, which, 100%. Is, which is amazing. And okay, so I want to walk through what we should actually do to help solve this problem. And I want to hear, Aaron, a little bit about what you've done. But before I do, you work for the FBI, right? What? I, I'm a, <laughs> yes, I'm a contractor for some federal agencies. And so my job is patterns of behavior. There are no patterns of behavior here. (laughs) And so I can't go down my normal rabbit trails to solve these problems. I've tried to apply logical techniques to it, (laughs) but it really has not had any, it has not had any effect. Okay. Okay. So, so what about your daughters? Can, Can you tell us what you've done to try and get your daughters to stop leaving their underwear on the floor? Okay, so let's see. We started out with punishments, right? So the first one was if this happens again or I find it in his mouth, then you get your phone taken away. I took away her car for a day. <laughs> Either I'm following the dog around in the morning to make sure he poops it out. Right. Oh. And then, you know, and then we can see whose it is. The follow the clues. I, I love it. Yep. So then the kids had to go pick up the said underwear in the backyard. Um, we've tried guilt, like this is going to kill the dog. I tried a lockbox on the underwear. Wait, wait, so, wait, wait, what do you wait, mean do you by mean? that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm not kidding you. I bought a lockbox at Walmart, and then I have taken all the underwear in the house, and it has gone into the lockbox so that they have to come and tell me that they have put their underwear into the laundry drop, and then I unlock the lockbox and I give them a pair of underwear. Wow. <laughs> so that worked until they found out what the combination was. <laughs> In case you're wondering, Aaron has also tried deterrence for the dog, like like dousing dirty underwear with hot sauce, but, but Chief still just ate it up anyway. Aaron's daughters, Jordan and Taylor, are 18 and 15, and they are probably like totally embarrassed right now. <laughs> She says they're both good kids and they're smart, just a little absent-minded, and their rooms are complete disaster zones. So let me just ask, so when you go to your daughters, but before you have to resort to locking up all of their underwear, and you sit down with them and you say, girls, if you leave your underwear on the, on the floor, Chief's going to eat it, that's bad for him. Let's just put our underwear in the hamper every night. What do they say? Because it sounds to me like what you're saying is not that you have a dog-eating underwear problem, that you have a daughter-leaving-underwear-on-the-floor problem. Well, I was just going to say, like, you know, one of the things that I love about having a dog is that it's like, it's just an exercise in accepting something or someone for their limits and still saying that they can contribute, like, greatly to your life. But, like, really (laughs) accepting that, like, they just don't get it. Like, they just don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Nope. Not even, there's no processing there (laughs) at all. But I don't really feel like there's much on my teenage daughters processing that either, though. Here's our first rule. Accept that some behavior you just can't change. Because unless you bring in a dog whisperer, you will not be able to train a problem like this out of your dog. And moreover, 
You can't change your teenager's behavior just by berating them and telling them to be different. That's not how teenagers' minds work. Jenny, what did you do with your dog? What was the solution for you? Well, the control lies with me. Um, Like Reggie is not, he's not able to control himself. And now, again, these are like major expenses and the dog is in really, really real danger. So the first thing that I did was that I replaced all of the trash cans in my house with like those those trash cans that like even if you tip them over the lid doesn't open and i also was like i i am absent-minded and to be honest at the time was like a major stoner so i had some (laughs) some don't tell the fbi or do i don't know isn't it legal now i have no idea um and i was like you know what jenny get real you can't be trusted you know, like I, at the time I had a Prius and would constantly just be like, well, I guess I'm done driving the car, like whoop, and just like leave the car, leave it on. You know, like I just just a little bit absent-minded. No battery. Uh, yeah, well, they're really quiet and they don't have like a key that you take out. So anyway, I was like, okay, you've got to outfit this house uh, to remind yourself that there's an issue and to also try to solve the issue. So I put baby gates like in the bathroom and my house just became much, much, much more tidy. Interesting. But, um, yeah, I mean, maybe you have to get some gates for your daughter's rooms and for your bathroom. Yeah. Maybe there's a lesson here, because what I'm hearing is that your dog actually taught you a valuable lesson, that that by eating your, your tampons, you <laughs> learned to tidy your house more and to stop smoking pot and... Yeah, and not leave the Prius running anymore. That like, that, like this. Setup yeah, I mean, now I have it. a Subaru. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think the dog's instincts are the dog's instincts. But yeah. again, like one of the coolest things about having an animal is that they can like really make you aware to your own dysfunction. Yes. You know, um, yeah. like if you have a messy house and you have a dog, they're going to exacerbate that issue that's for sure. Absolutely right. 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 And I think that's the way with two teenagers too, yes. right? Like, I mean, teenagers are going to be teenagers. But I think you're right, Jenny. They are both absent-minded. Yeah. And so I'm not sure I'm going to change that either. No, you're not. That That's going to happen in time. And by in time, I mean right. mine changed Maturity. when I was like 35. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so here's our next rule. Research shows that our habits are really tied into our environments. If you're starting a new diet, for example, you should take all the snacks off the counter so you don't see them. In Aaron's case, putting up gates will not only make it harder for Chief to access the rooms with the underwear, but it can also serve as a reminder of this problem for her daughters. But baby gates are just one step. How can Aaron actually get her teenage daughters to change their habits on their own? After all, Chief's life may depend on it. We're back with our listener Aaron and our expert Jenny Slate. In addition to Gidget in The Secret Life of Pets, Jenny's also voiced lots of other animals, including a sheep in Zootopia and a character named Marcel the Shell in a viral video about a talking seashell with a googly eye and a pair of miniature shoes. Guess what I wear as a hat? What? A lentil. One time I nibbled on a piece of cheese and my cholesterol went up to 900. Guess what I used to tie my skis to my car? What? A hair. Guess what my skis are? What? Toenails from a man. 
Jenny, you've done a lot of comedy that involves animals. That's true. What is it about animals that's that's been like a muse to you? You know what I think it is, is that there's something about animals that uh, reminds us of our animal selves and um, allows us to feel like immediate empathy. I just think animals um, give us a big opportunity to give the other the most chances for understanding. Yeah. That makes a lot. I had never thought about that, but that's really that's really insightful. That like I can actually disarm my audience by by presenting myself as an animal because it doesn't carry all these like assumptions and biases. Yeah, whereas like a woman can't like you know pee on the rug. (laughs) That's right. Right. Plus, they don't really care, right? Like, I mean, they don't they don't care what you think about them. They're just like, yeah, whatever. Here I am. He drives me crazy, but that dog brings me a ton of joy. Yeah. You know, just because of who he is. So, so here's my next question to you, Jenny. Take me back into the head of a 16-year-old Jenny Slate. What could your parents have told you that would have convinced you to change your behavior since we're trying to do that for Aaron's kids? You know, like, I mean, and I was probably more similar than different, it seems like, from Aaron's daughters. Like, I, I was, a, you know, good in school and, like, a general good kid, but I really was so absent-minded. I would have felt bad if, if Wally, our dog, had um been you know like had surgery and i would have felt really bad about the money for sure but shame is like so short-sighted and <laughs> like creates other problems i think um but i i really think the thing that would have helped the most would have been like constant discussion like yeah. if you have a a relationship where you guys can talk about it to be like okay, I know this is like annoying that we're talking about it again, but tonight when you guys get undressed or like, where's Mm. your gym bag? Let's talk about it. Keep bringing it up. When you were a teenager, was there anything your parents tried to change about you where they were successful? I remember like freshman year of high school, I really had like a hard problem studying um, subjects that weren't interesting to me. Like I just couldn't do, I like it with math. Yeah. It kind of stresses me yeah. out. Like it personally makes me feel bad about myself. Um, whatever. I'm and I'm not developed enough to encounter these feelings. Um, but I I do remember my mom just basically being like, "You're re- you're really smart, and if you do want to go to this college, you say you want to go to like you you have to study more w- with math and and science." And I would sit in my room and like look at the books and just not be able to click in. And I just remember her being like. We're just going to find a tutor for you, like someone that you like, that you can talk to, you could be yourself. She made it really specific to me. That's that's interesting. And did that work? Yeah, it did. Really? Yeah. That's a really nice story. It's so nice. That's a good mom. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, because it's also like you talked about, like accepting the limitations. Taylor is exactly that. Highly intelligent, but... Just in terms of processing the information and all of this and getting not distracted, it, it's challenging yeah. for her. And so what I think that we've been doing, or at least I am, it's like, wait, why why isn't this clicking with you? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't understand how this is even possible. And so I think by you saying that, uh, ironically, I've accepted Chief's limitations. I'm not sure I've accepted my teenager's. And so here's our next rule. Instead of presenting this issue as, say, your child's problem, make sure they know that you really want to solve this with them. And make your solution really specific to your children, what what they think makes sense. 
and not just what you think makes the most sense, like locking up their underwear in a lockbox. And finally, enlist your kids to come up with solutions themselves. Have you ever sat down with your daughters and said, look, this is a problem. Tell me how you think we should solve it. Rather than you coming up with solutions for them, have you ever asked them to solve the problem for you? I'm trying to think. Um, I don't think I have. I mean, we've literally had a family meeting about this, but I don't think we did. I think it was more talking at them and... I have not applied that to this. I think that might be a great step. Yeah. No, I, I think that's, um, I, I've seen them do it in so many other areas. I think ironically, just to be completely transparent too, is there some parenting shame around oh. it? Like, <laughs> I do not talk to my friends about this anymore because they literally look at me like, wait, why can't you get your kids to keep their underwear <laughs> yeah. off the floor? But you know what? Everybody leaves their underwear on the floor from, you know, every now and then. I probably have underwear on the floor upstairs in my house right now, but like <laughs> my dog just doesn't eat them. So right. it's not an issue. And, and we, we haven't focused on it. You know, it's uh, right. it's right. really like thinking back on like quitting smoking, um, which is something that I sure. did a couple of years ago. Um, it's like the things that never really worked for me are like, like these huge moments of like, okay, and I'm just never doing this again because the, yeah. because it's so yeah. bad and there's like so much shame and pressure and the highs and lows of that like always ended up with me being like, man, it's 9.45 p.m. and I'm going to go to the gas station and buy a <laughs> pack of cigarettes and like, smoke seven of them at once in my Prius that I'm going to forget to turn off. And like, <laughs> and that like, that the things that have always helped me make the changes are like the yeah. slow can, like consistent engagement. Yeah. Well, and, and that brings me to something else you had said, Jenny, about reminders. I'm wondering, Aaron, is there some way of putting reminders up? Like it might actually be that your daughters are literally just forgetting. I do think it would help. I think the verbal ones of just saying, you know, just reminders of when they're getting out of the shower, yeah. hey, don't forget your, you know, underwear. I, I think that would feel more gracious so here's another rule. Remind your kids what they're supposed to do and then remind them again and again and again. As an expert pointed out in a previous episode, we don't tell our kids just once to have good table manners. We have to tell them like hundreds, thousands of times, right? But that's how we help them build better habits. When we think about the science behind habits, there's like these three parts to a habit, right? There's a, a cue, which is like a trigger for the behavior, and then the routine, the behavior itself. And then finally, a reward. Every habit that we develop has a reward. But I'm wondering, yeah. on those days that the chief does not eat underwear, because your daughters <laughs> have got, done a good job mm. of putting it in the hamper, do you reward them? No, I don't reward them. And I, I don't even... You know, because I think it should be an expectation. But I think you're right. I think we have to remind them, hey, you know what? You put your underwear in the hamper after you took a shower or you threw your stuff in the laundry. No, I haven't done that. It's a great idea. I do the same thing. Like when my kids do brush their teeth, I never mm -hmm. say like, oh, I'm so proud of you for brushing your teeth. But <laughs> right, I should, right? right? Like, like that's, 
that yeah. I know that that positive reinforcement, I mean, we do it with other stuff when they read, we tell them like, great job oh, reading. And, and I'm sure yeah. Jenny, you probably give your dog positive reinforcement. I give everyone positive reinforcement. <laughs> I, I need it. I mean, it feels so good to be noticed for something that could easily be disregarded. We have a blackboard in our kitchen especially during the pandemic, uh, we were just like in our house and we started to lose track of the days. Um, you know, just right. like, what is it? What kind of what kind of day is it? Is it sort of a Wednesday? <laughs> we should probably check. Um, and weirdly, that demoralized me a lot. And so I started to write the name of the day on the blackboard every morning when I would wake up to make the coffee and I would make like a little picture with it. And, oh. um, and I've been doing it, you know, since That's like, since, I don't know, like late spring, I guess. And um, I could just do it for myself, like whatever, but it's kind of something that I've become sort of proud of, even though I'm an adult. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like every day, Ben says, my fiance says that, you know, he saw the picture and like, <laughs> he likes it. Awesome. He could say nothing. But it makes me feel so good yeah. when he's like, wow, you did it again. You know? Yeah. I know. It, <laughs> yeah. it, we, like, we love praise so much. We love those love rewards. That's, and, I'm and, like a dog. Well, and recognition. Yeah. yeah. Like, I can actually see it in my kids' face when I say, hey, I think you really used wise judgment on that. And I, so we have a quote board in our kitchen. I wonder if, what do you think about, um, you know, like on construction job sites where they go, 14 days without yeah. an accident or <laughs> could I do that? I mean, is that too? I love, I love that. Stuff like that. Yeah. 23 days without yeah. leaving underwear on the ground or in the dog's stomach. Yeah, exactly. Like, okay. Oh, hang on. Sorry. Chief's very excited about this. He, he loves the idea too. And this is our final rule. Reward good behavior. This can be as simple as praising your kids for remembering to do something or or writing down an accomplishment on the family quote board and, and teach your kids to reward themselves because rewards are a key part of enforcing habits. And by helping your kids learn to validate their own behavior, you're teaching them how to build good habits into the future. One of the things we know about like raising good kids, and it sounds like, Jenny, this is what you do, is is we, we need to teach people to self-reward. You gave yourself a reward for kind of like structuring your days when you didn't have to. And and that reward was as simple as just making a picture that you liked and, and that you know that your fiance might like. Yeah. Like when we teach when we teach Aaron's daughters how to self-reward, I think that's something that they're gonna carry into life. Yeah, I I definitely think so. I, I, it's so weird. I, I really am I've always been forgetful and um and growing up was rather untidy. And to be to be uh, tuned in and to be organized is something that I've learned over the years. And it's still, because it's not natural to me, I'm so proud that I've changed that, like, the, you know, mm -hmm. the rewards that I give to myself, like, they really, really, really mean something. No, I totally agree that you're a perfect person for that. Because I do really feel like if you would have lived in my house, probably it would have been <laughs> similar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, Aaron, let me ask you this. You had reached out to us with this, I have to admit, a problem I have never been exposed to before, which is <laughs> your dog eating your daughter's um, underwear and then requiring thousands of dollars of surgery. Right. Do you feel like this conversation has helped you with your problem? 
Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. Because while they're older, you know, 18 and almost 16, I've been doing this parenting thing for a while. I did not think about, oh, why don't I ask them? Or I know the limitations of both of those girls. And yet I haven't approached it from that. Um, And helping them instead of locking up their underwear (laughs) or taking away their phone. So all that to say is that I really do feel like you were able to say, this may have been something that I would have done. Mm. And yet here you are, like, if I were your parent, I'd feel very proud of where you are. Like, I love that you figured out how to adapt to your weaknesses. And I think I can do that with the girls. So I, I really do. I really like that. I think... I have not approached it from that standpoint. And the very fact that they found you, Jenny, that is the coolest thing. (laughs) I mean, I can't believe that they found you. I'm I'm so glad we could share this this issue together. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you to Erin for sharing what is kind of an embarrassing story with us and to her daughters for letting her talk to us. And thank you to Jenny Slate for her amazing advice. And thank you to Charles Duhigg for hosting this one. If you want to learn more about building better habits, check out his book, The Power of Habit. And be sure to look for Jenny Slate's new movie, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On. Do you have a strange and seemingly impossible problem? Send us a note at howto at slate.com or leave us a voicemail at 646-495-4001. How To's executive producer is Derek John. Rachel Allen and Rosemary Belson produced this episode. Our theme music is by Hannes Brown, remixed by Merritt Jacob, our technical director. Special thanks to Chief, the dog, and to Charles Duhigg, who created this show. I'm Amanda Ripley. Thanks for listening.